Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. All right, I'm very, very, very excited today. We are starting a new series. We're going through the book of Acts, and uh, we're going to have a great time going through this. I really enjoyed over the last couple months just studying it, preparing it, and uh, I think it's just going to be so good for our church. So I hope you're excited. I encourage you to jump in to the book of Acts and start reading. It'll be very, very helpful. Before we kind of jump into it, though, we got a few things that we need to do. First of all, if you're in a uh, connection group, we start this week. We have two groups. They're packed out Wednesday night, Thursday night. Wednesday night's going to be at uh, the Wilson House, our house, and we're heading over to the Ponda Vitas, right? Are we still good for your house? Okay, that'd be weird if we weren't. Thursday night, your house. So, Glenn, you need to clean on them. Yeah, he's on. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Thursday night at their house. I'll be also leading that group. So I look forward to seeing you guys. We've got packed groups. If you're not in one, uh, we can get you on, or we might have a waiting list to see if anybody drops. But again, you can do that. I encourage you, you to download our app, Access Church. It's green and black icon. There's other Access Churches. But we have the green and black icon. You can use that. You can also take notes if you don't like paper. You want to save the trees. Awesome. We're with you. Um, you can actually take notes on your app. Uh, on your phone, save it and take it with you to group. So, uh, and then also all the questions for connection groups are on your app. So you can do a lot of things through that. Otherwise, if you're in a group, you'll be emailed uh, either tonight or tomorrow morning with the questions and the flow for this week. So just a heads up on that. Uh, I wanna invite up right now, uh, Laura Lee, because she and a group of people, I haven't told you why yet, you're clapping. What if I shared something bad? You feel horrible. I shared something, no. we had, uh, we're kicking off a bunch of outreaches each month. Next month, we're going to Mexico. You can sign up online through your app through that. Uh, we're visiting the orphanage, and we're going to switch it up uh, when we hang out with the little kids, which is, I believe, sixth grade and under, and then we hang out with the teenagers. Uh, October, just so you know, is hanging out with the little kids. So game playing, making food, all that kind of stuff. We're going to be heading down there to TJ. So uh, you can sign up for that, but we just had our swag outreach uh, last, or Thursday night. And uh, they primarily focus on uh, homelessness, and so we partner with them. And let me get you, uh, guys, can I get her, uh, does it matter which mic? Can I use this one? Is that... No? Yeah? Okay. Ooh, this one's, there we go. Um, so tell us about it, because when we were talking, you were super excited, super proud of our church. We had a good group of people. We have some of them. If you went, who, who went here? We have, Yeah. Do you be there? Yeah, we had a good group going. And again, we're going to be doing this again in um, November. November. So, but just tell us about so we can celebrate as a church, kind of what you saw, what God did, and some cool stories. Okay, here. She's yeah. a little hot if you want to turn. Go for okay. it. Um, so, we go to the Anchor House in Lake Elsinore, and this is a transition home. So, these people just got off the streets, um, and this is before they get placed in permanent housing. Um, and it was so much fun. We had a super packed house. Um, it was me, Janelle, Katrina, John, and Heather. And um, we all got to talk to the different residents, see what they were going through. I was talking with this guy. Um, he's about my age. He's been 56 days sober. Um, and it was just encouraging to see, you know, or hear his story and where he, where he was from and where he is now. Um, but one of an even more encouraging story was Brian and I went a couple months ago, and there was this residence there and he's now placed in permanent housing. Um, and the volunteer coordinator has taken him to do like cleanup around like Elsinore on the weekends. Um, 
sorry, my voice is getting shaky. Oh, it's, it's a cool story. <laughs> um, so he, uh, he's been cleaning up and doing all this outreach stuff. And one of the days, um, the volunteer coordinator was driving him, but also had to drive the mayor somewhere. And he was super excited and he felt so important. Like, I can't believe here I am driving in the car with the mayor. And he just, you know, was so proud of, of where he has come. Um, and then they had like a whole, um, a night where they recognized the volunteers and um, they like took pictures and gave them each a certificate. And he was so proud of his certificate and, and what he's doing with his life now. And in the back of the room, there was this police officer and he went up to the police officer and he's like, hey, do you remember me? You've arrested me a couple times, but- As a police officer, you never know where that's going. So you're like, you know. You know, and he's like, um, but look at me, look at me now, look at the certificate. Did you see me up yeah. there with all these people? And he was just so excited. Um, and then also the volunteer coordinator was talking to the guy and trying to remind him, because he introduces himself as, he introduces his name and then says, you know, I was recently off the streets, I was on drugs and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know, you need to stop saying that because that is not your identity anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, you're the third person to tell me that this week. Maybe, maybe you're right. I need to start stepping into and declaring who I am now. So it's just neat to see the transformation of the people here at this house. And it was a good time. Awesome. So thank you for leading that. That was great. We'll be doing that again in, uh, in June. And just, you know, when we talk about a homeless outreach, a lot of times we focus on food. It's about bringing dignity to human beings that are many times overlooked or trivialized or politicized. Um, and we don't care about anyone's reason for why they are in a bad spot, just so you know. Because some of us are like, well, if you've done this, this. We don't do that. Because God saved us, we go save others, and we don't ask for them to be qualified. We just love and let God take care of everything, just so you know. But it's, a, it's an outreach of dignity of someone when they're down and out saying, you don't know me, I'll take time out of my schedule and I'll look at you and talk to you rather than walk by you, not even knowing what your issues are, trusting that God will take care of them. We use food because food's just like one of the greatest ministries ever. So we use food for everything, right? So you get to participate in that. But even when, uh, when Laura Lee and I went, like you just never know what's gonna happen. Found out he played drums. He's like, you wanna come back? Like he was super stoked. Like, can I play drums? You can play guitar. Wasn't planning on it. Now I'm playing. And again, just that experience you just never know how God's going to use you. So when we're open, we're willing, good things happen. And that's what we're going to be talking about today as we jump into the book of Acts. Right. Jesus, thank you so much for this church. Thank you so much uh, that you explain things to us. And God, I pray that we would benefit from what we learn today. Thank you for giving us your spirit that you don't just move around us, but you move within us and through us, God. And so uh, your gift of the spirit is amazing, and we appreciate that. And we pray this in your name. Amen. All right, the book of Acts is in the New Testament. Um, so it precedes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the biography of the life of Jesus. So if you want to really understand who Jesus is, you're on this journey of maybe becoming a Christian, I would encourage you, you got to understand Jesus. Because if you miss Jesus, you can't be a Christian. You can be moral. You might cuss less, drink less, be nicer to people. But that doesn't get you eternal life. And that doesn't even give you a peaceful life here. The Bible says you got to know Jesus because that's who you're putting your trust in. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, any of those books, they explain the life of Jesus and why we put our trust in him. Why we think that a man walked this earth, but he was the son of God. Which saying that is absolute insanity unless you study that. And so we have the opportunity. And there's some authors, different authors, 
that um, most of them were eyewitness accounts. Well, the guy who wrote Luke wasn't. As far as we know, he was not really around or in the vicinity of Jesus um, and maybe passing by, but nothing that would be concrete. And so he interviewed people. And we see that in the book of Luke, where he, he writes this guy saying, Theophilus, who hired him, he was a doctor, so he's very studied. He had no skin in the game. For him, it didn't matter if it went either way. I'm getting paid money. I don't care if this guy's a son of God or not. He starts writing and is like, holy smokes. Well, when did he write it? Well, the book of Acts, we see that this guy, Luke, was actually a part of some of the journeys, so he was interviewing the eyewitnesses. So after he wrote Luke to explain who Jesus was, he writes the book of Acts. And so that's how we get it. Now, when you think of the book of Acts, many times we've heard that this book is about the movement of the church or outreach. And I would say, no, 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 we've missed it. And so the thesis of why we're going through this and what we're going to be learning over the next several months, this is taking us all the way through Easter. We're just going to dig in. I don't want to breeze over this because I feel like one sermon, we'd be like, oh yeah, good points. And then we would never apply it. I believe this is transformative for us as a church. So we're going to take a long time. We're going to go through this and we're really going to study. And I hope you're on the journey with us. I think it'll change your life. Um, the thesis is this. The book of Acts is about this. It's the actions of the Spirit of God, Acts, actions. It's the actions of the Spirit of God through the people of God. That's what this book's all about. You see, that's really important because when we read the Bible, we're never the center of the story. I don't know if you notice that. I know that's hurtful for some of you. Like, but I am the center of my story. You're not. I know. It's a little greeting time right now. Go ahead and grieve it. I know, I know. For some of you, you're gonna want, that's the sermon today. <laughs> he said, what? You're not the center of the story. God is. We just have the privilege of knowing him and hovering or circling around the center of the story. You get to be a part of someone who is the center of the universe by which all things are held together. As soon as you forget that, you'll forget life. As soon as you forget that, you'll become arrogant. Your job will become stressful. Problems won't be able to be solved because you think it's all about you. And it's not. The book of Acts is not even about the church. It's the Holy Spirit working through the church, but it's the next ministry. We believe in the Trinity. I know it's really hard to understand, but it works just like a jet airplane. Can't explain how it works to you, but I know I can get on one and I can fly. <laughs> Same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about that God is three in one. We're going to sing about that. So you're going to hear God the Father in the scriptures, God the Son, which is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God. They are three distinctly different, in a sense, persons, but they are of one essence, of one character, and of one mission. And they're so bonded together that they're one. No distinction, except that they are three different people. That's why we, we don't call Holy Spirit it. I feel it. No, no, no. You don't call a person an it. Him. He's moving, right? And each one has distinctive roles. That's why God talks about roles in society, roles in government, roles in the family. Roles don't inhibit. Roles actually help to flourish. When you lack roles in your home, you will lack flourishing. God has roles, and so he gives those to us. So that the Father is the one that kind of from everything flows. Jesus was the one whose his role was to become man 
give up a lot of his godly rights and die on the cross. That was his role. And then when he rose again, now rather than God just being with us, we move to a new ministry of God is in us. Am I giving you a lot of weird concepts? If you're a Christian, think about this. The God of the universe is in you. That's what we believe. These beliefs are huge because if you forget that, you stress out in life. Problems become too big, right? Because God's not, but if God is in you, working through you, well, I can handle anything then if God is in me. The Holy Spirit is given as a gift, the Bible says. So now the gospels are about Jesus. Now we read about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and how he works in you and through you. Because the better you understand the Holy Spirit, the better you'll be able to do outreach. When you understand the role of the Spirit, your, your, stress, your, your stress goes way down when it comes to reaching people for Jesus. But when you take the Holy Spirit out and we're the sinner and it's all about you, we're going to take that away. Acts chapter 1, here we go. Luke writes in my former book, Theophilus, which was Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving his instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. By the way, this is why we don't believe that this is a farce. This is why we don't believe that this is just a made-up thing. Because when people make up things, they try to hide, they try to shift, they don't go out in the open, right? That's how a lot of weird religions are started. They're started by this dude that starts it with these weird things out in the desert and only two people saw. It's like, well, why only two people? Because <laughs> we're hiding something. Jesus, boom, I'm alive. 40 days, let's walk around. You want to touch me? Go for it. That's not how you do if you want to start something on a lie and make a lie a truth. Jesus was right out there. He says, 40 days, just so you know, he was walking around, chilling with people, eating food, having a good time, but also explaining things. It says that on one occasion, while eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, that'd be John the Baptist. You read about him early on in Jesus' life. He baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Isn't this amazing? These guys have spent three years with Jesus, just so you know. They've seen him die and resurrect and they still think this is a political movement where Israel is going to be great again. Make Israel great again. All right, that slogan was taken a long time ago, right? Make Israel great again. And, he, and Jesus is like, uh, this is bigger than just Israel, just so you know. Isn't it funny how we just don't get things and God still loves us? The older you get, just so you know, those of you that are younger Christians, the older you get, all you realize is the less you know about God. And you're in awe of it. We are truly just... That's why the Bible says you're sheep, which is pretty much the dumbest animals on earth, right? And God's like, I love you, but I just got to let you know you're sheep. Like, you just don't get it. And it's comforting. And I don't know if it's comforting to you. It's comforting to me when I feel kind of dumb in my walk with God to realize the apostles, like these great Christian leaders, after the resurrection, they saw Jesus and they still were like, so are we going to make this political movement? And Jesus is like, oh, we're going way bigger than that. And just so you know, this is a good point. Sometimes the questions you ask of God are small questions, and God goes, oh, I got way bigger plans for you. 
We ask small things and we expect small things and God has a global and a universe perspective. He'll change the way you even ask things. We see that here right in the book of Acts. And he says, it is not for you to know the times and the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But I'll tell you this, and this, by the way, is a good thing as we get to know God. You might ask questions that God says you don't need to know the answer. God, why did this happen? Don't, you don't need to know. And he might be saying that as far as it's not good for you or it's beyond your comprehension. Right? Have you ever had a little kid ask you something that it's a question like, this is way too complex. And you try to kind of dumb it down for them, but they still don't get it. God does that with us. He's like, I, 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 you don't even have the capabilities. But a lot of times we ask the wrong questions. You're asking about when God's going to come back. No, the right question is how are we going to reach people before he comes back? And that's why he says this answer. So I just want you to notice the dynamic. Like we can jump into the book of Acts. Notice how we are as people, how God responds, because we're the same way today and we can learn from them. He says, listen, wrong question. You don't need to worry about it. Here's what you need to worry about. But you will receive power. If you want to circle or underline that word, the Greek word for that is dunamis. You'll receive dynamite. That's where we get our word dynamite from. You'll receive dynamite. Has anyone seen, watch on YouTube, like dynamite, what it's done to buildings? Have you seen dynamite explode? It's, it shakes and, it's, and it moves. There's boom, there's punch to it. You'll receive spiritual force. When? When you memorize the Bible. Is that, is that what you're? Not up there, but is that what you're about? No, it doesn't say that. Okay, you'll receive power when you get your crap together and stop sinning. Is that what your Bible says? No? That's what we think, right? The more moral I am, the more I read the Bible. Now, those are good things. I'm not discounting those. But that's not the reason we lack punch as a church. Why are we lacking punch in our society? Why are we lacking impact when we speak to people, to moving their hearts and minds towards God? The Bible says this, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. When you walk with the Spirit, in line with the Spirit, that's when you live a powerful life. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. I'm going to jump from verse 9 to verse 12 for no particular reason, just for time. So verse 12 then says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, about a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room, and they were staying. Those present were Peter, James, and Andrew, Philip, all the disciples, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, uh, James, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Check this out, verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers about 120 people now the beauty of reading Luke maybe before you read Acts is you're going to see the difference when the Holy Spirit comes upon people which we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about really two things today of what we can pull from Acts chapter 1 but notice that remember it's only 40 days, about a month. What were these guys like a month ago? Do you remember that when Jesus 
was sweating and about to go to the cross and he was praying. Do you remember when the son of God, when he needed like a community around him, when he was praying, do you remember what they were doing? Anybody remember? Sleeping. Like if every time you shouldn't sleep, it's when the son of God's like sweating. Like if God is sweating, you should be sweating, right? If God's like, I'm a little worried, you should be worried when the son, right? And the son of God is like, these guys weren't capable. Why? The Holy Spirit wasn't fully but when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, all of a sudden, oh, I'll stay awake and pray. Everything changes when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is where it starts. In Acts 1, we see, before we start talking about how to reach people, we have to make sure that God, first of all, reaches us before we can reach people. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he gives us the power to do that. So if we're detached from the Spirit, we're detached from power. But when we're attached to the Holy Spirit, in line with the Holy Spirit, then we have power and it flows through us. We don't that, it's not all effort. It happens naturally through him. Now that, that, uh, that word power also can mean this, literally the ability to perform, the ability to perform. So dunamis, and it's, you know, in the etymology of that word, if you were to strip it down, would be literally you could write in your Bible or in your notes, the ability to perform. The Holy Spirit gives you the ability to perform, to act, to do a job. So without him, we cannot perform. This is why this is essential is because sometimes we lack impact on reaching people for God and we try different techniques and it's not a different technique, but we need to reconnect with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be talking about the specifics uh, of that and how he moves and really it's in two ways. So there's going to be really two points. The first way he gives us the ability to perform is this. He prepares his people. He prepares his people to powerfully use his people. So how does the Holy Spirit work? First of all, he prepares us in order to use us. And what do I mean by that is he needs to change our heart and mind. He needs to change our heart and mind. That's how he gives us the ability to perform. In order to perform, you have to have the right heart. Again, notice the disciples, what did they lack when they were with Jesus that they're going to need when they're with the Holy Spirit? Well, they lack courage, right? When Jesus went to the cross, didn't all of them run away? I mean, one guy ran away so much that when they were trying to grab him and strip his clothes off, he's running naked. He's like, I don't care right now. He just took off naked. You really don't want to be somewhere when you run around, you know, you run away naked. You want to be out of there. They lacked courage. But God couldn't work through them and build the church if they had, had a bunch of people that lacked courage. So he said, stop, pray, evaluate things. You needed to shift from lacking courage to having courage. Because if you have all the techniques in the world, like this is how you talk to people, this is what you say, these are the questions that you ask, this is what you need to do, but you lack courage, you won't be able to follow through. 
So God had to change their hearts. They had to take some time, and they had about 10 days. When we talk about Pentecost next week, which we're, we're going to look at Pentecost, which is very controversial, but it's super fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and so, uh, but they only had 10 days. Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover. Jesus died at Passover, right, when everybody celebrates what God did in the Old Testament, in 50 days. And so 40 days Jesus was with them. He had 10 days to get him ready. It was a 10-day workshop, 10 days to rewire their hearts. Just so you know, God, sometimes he takes years to do things. Sometimes he's like, give me one week with you. Give me one week. It'll change the rest of your life. Sometimes going away to a treat for one week will change the rest of your life. Sometimes getting professional counseling for one week will change your life. Sometimes meeting with Christians or a particular Christian for lunch one time, sometimes we're one week away from being transformed, but we don't, we're too busy. Or we think, I've been a Christian for a while. I don't need to be rewired. Now, if the disciples literally hung out with Jesus for three years, like the Son of God, they're over there, and they need to be rewired, the Holy Spirit probably needs to rewire you. What's your rewiring? Your heart and your mind. These two things. They lack courage. They feared, and this is what I mean by lacking courage. They feared people more than they feared God. What if they reject me? What if they don't want to be my friend? What if they do this? What if they do that? So one of the things the Holy Spirit will do is the Holy Spirit actually wants to prepare you, and that's one of your assignments if you're in connection group this week, is one of the things I'm having you do, one of your questions, is what do you think the Holy Spirit needs to rewire in your head and your heart in order to even reach? Before we talk reaching people for Jesus, what is it? This week, I'd love for you to spend, you don't have to spend every day for like six hours, you don't have to go all crazy, but what if you spent one night a week before you went to bed saying, what do you want to change in me, God? Do I fear people? Do I not trust you? Have I, am I a Christian, but I really haven't given my life to you? Like, what is it? Am I just unaware? Am I too busy? Think about where the Holy Spirit might want to change you before he uses you. Because some of us, you're like, God's not using me because he hasn't changed you. If I'm honest, that's probably where a lot of us are at. Because once God changes you, that's a game changer. God talks about this in the Old Testament when Ezekiel prophesied of what God will do on this day. This was hundreds of years earlier, and this is what Ezekiel says about the time of when the Holy Spirit will change his people. He said, therefore, say to the Israelites, this is Ezekiel 36, if you want to write it down, verses 22 through 27. He says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name. Notice God saying, I'm the center of the universe. You're not. That always needs to be remembered. And he says, it's for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. So he's saying, I, I had Israel to be a light, and you actually make me look bad. I tried to work through Israel, so people are like, I want to worship your God. And instead, they're like, uh, your God's weak. So he said, you're doing the opposite of what I wanted you to do. So this is what God's plan was. He says, I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name that you have profaned among them. Then the, the nations will know that I am the Lord declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy uh, through you before their eyes. I am proved holy through you before their eyes. He goes on to say, for I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. And that's what he did. There was, remember when the uh, Pentecost happens next week, uh, Pentecost is when all people who worship God come from around the world to Jerusalem for a festival. Notice he gathered the nations. That was on purpose. And he says, and I will gather them and I will sprinkle 
uh, clean water on you and you will be clean and I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove you, uh, I'll remove your heart of stone and give you a new heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. It was already prophesied hundreds of years earlier what God will do, and that is the role of the Holy Spirit. The whole of the Spirit is what was said in one of the groups, right? To convict and convince. He has to work on you before He can work through you. Before we start talking about outreach, are you prepared? To reach people? Do you have time in your schedule? Do you have the heart? Do you have the passion? Do you have the courage? And to be honest with yourself, being like, I don't. I honestly, I hate to say this in church, and maybe I shouldn't. I don't care or think about really people that are gonna be disconnected from God forever. Like they'll go to hell. I I I'm not emotionally moved by that. I, I want you to have the freedom to share that in your group. I know it's our first week. Like, do we really go that deep? Maybe the second week then, right? All right? Maybe give it two or three weeks. But here's, if we're not honest with ourselves, God can't change us. I'm a pretty good person. No, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, yeah. 13 years ago, I reached someone. I brought my friend to Jesus. What about the last 13 years? No, nothing since. We have to explore why. That's all I'm saying as a church. We just have to be honest. Rather than blaming people not at church for not coming to church, which I love how the church does, right? They just don't want to come. They're so bad. It's like, what if it's not their fault? What if it's our fault? And I want to encourage you this because you guys, we've heard the word revival, right? You hear the word revival. We need a revival in the church. Revival in the church, right? We need to take our city. I'm like, well, a revival actually starts in you before it goes through you. Are we convicted of our sin? Are we convicted of our rebellion, of our um, laziness? And guys, I'm just sharing my own heart. Am I convicted that the Holy Spirit is like, oh, you should do this in your neighborhood, and then I just blow it off, and then I don't tell anyone, and I disobey God, being like, I don't want to reach my neighbors. If I'm, that's pretty much what I'm saying. Are you guys getting what got the whole, so the role of the Holy Spirit is, before he uses you, he's got, and that's what this week is about. In connection groups, how is God working on us? Where do we need to repent? That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, for the, Christ's love compels us. It's his love a new heart that compels us. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. We need the new. The new is the Holy Spirit, giving us the right heart and the right mind. That goes to the second point. The Holy Spirit then moves in us, but he also gives us what we need to succeed. He gives us what we need to succeed. This is how he gives us the ability to perform. He gives us everything we need to succeed. I want to list out three things that he gives us that we need to succeed. He points out the right people. He gives us the right time. And he gives us the right resources. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He will point you to the right people in the right time. And he'll give you the right resources. So if we need money to go on missions trips, he will provide. We don't have to stress. He will give us knowledge. He'll give us the books. He'll give us the Bible. He'll give us the wisdom of people around us. A lot of times he resources us and we're unaware of the resources, right? If you don't open the book, you can't become more knowledgeable. He gives us wise people. He gives us situations. He gives us certain gifts. And by the way, be careful of diminishing the very gifts that God loves giving you and belittling them. 
It's a false humility. It's actually not humility. It's an arrogance. If God gives you a specific skill set, flourish that because that'll bring someone to Christ. Whether it's an intellectual skill set, whether it's a more tactile skill set, uh, whether it's just you're good with people, uh, whether it's, it can be a variety. The Holy Spirit is who gifts us, right? That's what the Bible says. And yet we diminish that, and I'm not as good as, and we compare gifts, and God's like, I don't want you to compare gifts. Just appreciate the ones that you have because you'll reach someone when you value your gifts because those gifts will be used to bring someone to him. I used to talk about like this in youth ministry because in youth ministry, I ran a youth group for a while, and the big thing was, who do youth groups, who do they who do they try to recruit to be the leaders, right? It's, they want wild ones, right? We have a youth ministry. I need you to be wild. I need you to do crazy things. I need you to be loud and all that kind of stuff. But you know what we found in our youth group? And we had a large youth group. We had uh, over 500 kids in North County, San Diego. You know what we found, though, is we missed out on the quiet leaders, the ones that their gift wasn't being crazy up front because some of our kids couldn't connect with the crazy leader. They couldn't connect with the leader. It's like, I killed seven people and smoked crack cocaine for 10 years, and now I love Jesus. And kids are like, oh, I love Jesus too. But you know what? The kid we weren't reaching, that's like, crack cocaine, that guy's an idiot, you know? Or killing people. I don't want to hang around and do this, kill people. Like, even if he's a Christian, I really don't want But the quiet leader, the one who was consistent, the one who didn't have a crazy story, they drew kids. They used their gift of even being thoughtful and quiet. Some kids, they don't want to be, it's too much energy. It's like, oh my God, you're overloading my brain. You know when our youth group grew? When we recruited all different skill sets of leaders and we were able to reach all kinds of people. Don't diminish it. The Holy Spirit's giving it to you. Your personality, your resources, your money. If you lack something, what does the Bible say if you lack something? Ask, seek, knock, and he will give. He is there to resource you. He's not there for you to complain and then be stressed about what you don't have. Go to God and the Holy Spirit will provide. There's many different ways for us to do this and we see it work in many different ways. When you think of how maybe for some of you, God has used you or how God reached you, it was more of the Holy Spirit than you realize. Um, Kaylee uh, is my uh, niece. Uh, her husband, Patrick's in the back there, uh, representing the Chargers, probably. Um, yeah. And um, uh, so they come to church here, and um, Kaylee was going through a rough time in life, though, many, many years ago before she met Patrick. Um, being in tune with the Holy Spirit. At the time, we were busy. The kids were younger. But we had one room open, and we don't have a big house. All the rooms are very close together. It's not a huge square footage. It's not like we can say like, this house is a great house for ministry, but we have what we have. We have an open room. I have a niece that's struggling. Are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Because sometimes we think missions like, oh, I, I need to go to India. I need to go to Mexico. I need to, that's, that's good. But most of our ministry is going to be right around us. Are we even aware? And so the Holy Spirit was talking now will I obey? Do I have a heart to receive? Or it's kind of like, ah. And Kaylee was living a wild lifestyle. She'll tell you more. Uh, she'll be in one of the connection groups. But she was living, do I want to bring that in? How is she going to influence my kids? I had a lot of reasons to tell God no. Have you ever been there? Where you're like, no, 
God wants you to do something, you're like, "Mm -mm, mm, no, I'm going to disagree there. Next. And we have good reasons. I don't have enough money to go on that trip, God. Oh, I don't have enough time to go down to Mexico. Oh, I don't have, I I don't have, no, they don't like me. So you using me, they already know they don't like me, right? We have all these reasons that we have. So God works on our heart saying, that's enough. That room is enough. I'll protect your kids. Don't worry. (sighs) Got the right heart. The Holy Spirit prepares us, right? Um, We had good resources. We were part of a great church that had a lot of good young adults. So I was praying about it. I was like, ooh, that's exactly what she needs. She didn't have any positivity. All the young adults in San Diego that she hung out with partied and enjoyed it, even though it decimated them. They still kept doing it. So I had the resources. I had a good church that had a good young adult um, ministry. Um, We didn't know that the timing would be perfect. Listen to the Holy Spirit on the timing. Timing is important. He might be preparing you for something that's in three months or six months, not next week, but keep pushing forward in that. We didn't know that God was preparing Patrick. The timing was perfect. What Patrick provided was a good male role model that didn't want to take advantage of her. She never experienced that. She she had a dude that was like, yeah, I don't have to give you value by having sex with you. I just love you for who you are. I didn't know that. Duh, because I'm not the center of the universe. That's called living by faith. Saying like, ah, how's this going to go? And God's like, I got it. Preparing a hubby. Don't worry. She's going to meet some other friends in the church you don't know about. Don't worry. We don't have enough money. She's going to eat food and she's going to cost us. Don't worry. I'm going to bless you. I mean, those, I'm being honest, maybe too honest, but you, you think that like, ah, she's going to eat all our food, you know, like that kind of stuff. And God's like, I, I got it. I'm going to provide in ways you don't realize. I'm going to give your wife a job here and you're going to do, oh, wow. It's the Holy Spirit, it's not me, but allowing the Holy Spirit to work through the resources, the timing, the right people. She came to know the Lord, got married to Patrick. They have a wonderful family today. Raising two kids that'll never know the destruction that she grew up in. See, evangelism sometimes is in our family and with our friends, but we can overlook it because we're busy. Not everyone's going to have the same assignment, you guys. That's one of the things we're going to see in the book of Acts. Like, when they went from Jerusalem to other cities, I want you to notice the whole church didn't go. They didn't send the whole church. They sent two people. The rest stayed there and reached people in Jerusalem. All I'm asking for our church is, do we have the right heart? Are we even aware of the right people that God's saying, you don't have to reach everybody, but can you reach somebody? That's what the book of Acts is about. What alleviates us from our worry and from our anxiety? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will receive power. Power through the Holy Spirit, not in your own might. The book of Acts is not about being a missionary, but allowing the movement of God to go through you to those he has predestined to know and love him. I can't say it any clearer than that. I hope it takes away the nerves, the anxiety, Acts, this is what we're studying, is not about being a missionary. Some of you might be, but most of you won't as far as being a cross-cultural missionary. But if God's calling you, you better go. But most of us won't be. The book of Acts is about allowing the movement of God to go through you. It's already happening. You get to participate 
to those he already is predestined to know and love them. He's already got a plan. You don't have to stress about it. That's what the book of that's why it's exciting. We get to be a part of changing lives forever, which means the Flores family, they're going to foster. Not all of you are going to foster, but they're going to foster and they're going to reach little babies for Jesus and bring them in a loving home. Maybe someone will be inspired. The Holy Spirit will talk to you. You'll start to foster. It means that young life ministry. There's going to be some people called the young adults and to, to high school students and junior. Not everybody, but some. And, they're, and the, whole, the Flores has not called them to young life. Young life, not necessarily to what the Flores is doing, but as everybody does their part, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if you talk to either of them, there's been huge obstacles along the way. There's been all kinds of reasons for them to give up. There's been all kinds of things. But when the Holy Spirit's upon them, giving them the ability to perform. It happens with Diane. As God uses her just to simply drive, I don't know how else to say this, old women around the city, right? She texts me all the time. God, let me talk to this person. Let me talk to this. Diane's one of those. She's the missionary in the grocery store. You know those missionaries? The missionary that just looks around being like, who can I talk to anybody about Jesus today? Like that's her. Some of you are like that. You wake up, who am I going to talk to today about Jesus, right? That's Diane. But that's her role. Some of you aren't wired that way. That's fine. For me, it was UFC parties, breaking the mold of Christians and what they, how they did outreach and all that kind of stuff. And having three families that I know join UFC parties and join a church from that. He'll give you the ability to perform in different ways. Do you have the right heart? Are you making the right time? Are you letting him provide with the right resources? And that's the challenge for us. Working on the right heart, praying for the right people, looking for the right time, and using the right resources. That's what this week is about. Working on the right heart, praying for the right people, looking for the right time, using the right resources. So today, as we take communion, as we worship, before we focus on reaching people, I want us to actually focus on ourselves and God reaching us. This week in Connection Groups, what we're going to share is, I hope we can just be honest. Where are we missing it? Where does God need to change some things in the way we think, in the way we feel, the way we view people, the way we view ourselves? And I'd love for us to share that together. I think it'd be a really powerful time. That'll free us up then for God to use us in the weeks and the months to come. So I just want you to reflect on that. Uh, today, and I hope you're excited that it's not all on your shoulders. The Holy Spirit will give you the ability to perform. You don't give yourself the ability. You don't have to worry about what you're going to say, how you're going to do it. Uh, where's the money going to come from? No, no, no. Holy Spirit will provide. Just be willing and obedient and faithful as He leads you. The worship team is going to come up right now, and this is when we reflect. We have communion that um, always inspires us about the love of God. It also reminds us of the miracles that God will do. As Jesus died and rose again, he says, listen, you'll die to yourself and you'll rise again. New person. We're a new person. The old is gone, the new has come. The old is gone where it's all about my bills, it's all about my relationships, it's all about how I feel, it's all about, you know, do I have physical ailments, do I have the money, do I have retirement? No, 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 that's the old way of doing things. The new is how many people can I reach? Who's my responsibility? Where do I have the joy of just moving with God and changing lives forever? So I'm going to pray, and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit work on you as we worship and as we take communion. And you can do it by yourself. You can do it with family or friends, and um, just let this be an encouraging time. So Jesus, we come before you now. 
And God, I pray we wouldn't brush this week off. I, I think we underestimate the desires you have for us. We ask small questions. We have small expectations. God, I pray that we would align our hearts with you and look at things the way you look at them. God, I pray that we would value this life not about accumulation of things, but the reaching of people. That we wouldn't worry about what the world does, but what you desire. And God, I just pray we'd be fruitful as a church of reaching people disconnected from you. There'd be a joy. We wouldn't be stressed. We wouldn't be, we would just love participating with you in reaching people that you've already predestined, you've already predetermined, you're already working on them. And we just get to help along the way. So God, change our hearts, change our minds. Get us ready to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the love of the Holy Spirit, to change our hearts and minds, that we would all be commissioned to be missionaries and wherever you send us. We worship you now. In your name, Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go toaccesschurch.com. 